Welcome to the podcast uh, today. It is uh, Glenn Beck uh, from his ranch, uh, along with myself, Stu Bergier, in our in, in the studio. Uh, I returned from the Super Bowl. We'll talk a little bit about that and what that was like. It was a pretty interesting experience. Also, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he was a former president of the United States. His name is Donald Trump. Donald Trump joins us today uh, at the top of hour two. Uh, also, Mike Lee is on the program as well. We have a big update on the Great Reset and what policies are being passed in state after state after state now because uh, people are waking up to this. It's a pretty uh, pretty interesting thing. And we get into Canada as well, the craziness from Justin Trudeau and authorities in Canada. We'll talk about that all today. Don't forget to subscribe, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Also, uh, you can get the uh, Great Reset audiobook now. It's available at Audible or wherever you get your books. Why read the book when Glenn will read it to you? Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign. There's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. No, you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no, put it on the air. as a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. Uh, we just don't have the facts. Well, Leslie, now you do. And President Trump is here to discuss perhaps why uh, CBS and everybody else is not talking about this. Welcome to the program, President Donald Trump. Well, thank you, Glenn. Great to be with you. Thank you. So, uh... This is this is pretty amazing. Um, you were right when you said this is worse than a Watergate. This is far worse than Watergate, and we don't seem to have anybody in the mainstream media that cares about it at all. Well, in Watergate, they broke into an apartment in Watergate, and uh, they took some things and uh, nothing good about it, and it turned out to be a disaster. Uh, this is far bigger. They... Uh, broke into my campaign and all of that, but perhaps most importantly, they uh, they broke into the Oval Office. They broke into the White House at the highest levels, so illegal. And as you know, being somebody that knows history probably better than almost anyone else, uh, that would have been, uh, a short time ago, it would have been considered treason. And I agree. You know what? Treason is punishable by... Uh, and a longer time ago, it would have been punishable by death when we ran a tough country. Yeah, uh, and I wonder ways, if we, I like wonder if been run. I wonder if there's going to be any punishment at all um, with this. I mean, Hillary Clinton uh, spying on your campaign, Trump Tower, and the White House. The information was ginned up, then it was fed to both the FBI and the CIA. They both right. said. We don't believe this is true. Why didn't the FBI and CIA come out when Leslie Stahl was saying, saying things like this and going, yeah, it is. 
it is uh, it is true what they are talking about. None of that Russia stuff is true. And they were spying. Well, they didn't come out and nobody came out and they did everything possible to get crooked Hillary elected. And uh, she didn't do well. And we did much better the second time, by the way. We got 12 million more votes than we got the first time. And they worked four years on that scheme. But uh, she certainly didn't do well. But this just came out very strongly. I, I, we were wondering, when are we going to hear from Durham? And uh, it yeah. looks to me like this is just a foundation. This is going maybe all the way to the oh, top. Yeah. Because obviously the people on top, at the very, very top, knew all about this. The corporate media was involved in this. I mean, there needs to be, I think you would agree, a massive house cleaning with justice, uh, the FBI, the CIA, all of these agencies, house cleaning uh, for yeah. sure. Uh, but, the, but the corporate media helped, you know, they were right there with them. Are you planning on suing anyone? Well, you know, they got Pulitzer Prizes for this. Uh, Russia, 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 and Pulitzer... A committee gave them various people who did a terrible job. I mean, they got it wrong totally right from the beginning. And they should give back their Pulitzer Prizes. They should be taken back. But the Pulitzer organization is very embarrassed right now. And uh, we know that for a fact. Uh, it's a joke, actually. It's a joke. And uh, that's, uh, But the Pulitzer Prize is the least of it. Uh, people should pay consequence. And, you know, the crime is... One of the biggest crimes that many people have ever seen, certainly politically, they think this is one of the biggest things they've ever seen. And it is far bigger than Watergate. Watergate's nothing compared to this. And Watergate occupied the entire front page of the New York Times and Washington Post for for a long period of time. I mean, there were no other stories, literally. And this has not gotten, to the best of my knowledge, even a mention in either of those two corrupt papers. I think they're disgraceful. They're a disgrace to our country. And likewise, with the uh, ABC fake news, NBC fake news, and CBS fake news, I don't believe they've even mentioned it. And it's bigger than Watergate. It's worse than Watergate. It represents so much worse. I mean, think of it. They broke into the White House and they spied. And they literally broke How did in. You this is a modern day break in. How did you know? Because you said from the very beginning, they're spying on us. Um, how did you know that was happening? You have the well, best actually, gut on you. Is it just gut or? I, I think it was a combination of things, but I'll tell you, the world blew up when I did that. And I put it out that something to the effect that uh, Barack Obama is spying on our campaign. And uh, I was watching a television program i won't mention which one but i was watching and somebody suggested that he was and i felt there was something strange going on really strange and i just put it out and i thought it would be a ho-hum and i got a call like two minutes later from the head of communication saying sir did you just say that obama was spying on your campaign i think i said obama <laughs> And I said, yeah, I did. They said, the wires are burning up. They're smoking. I, I couldn't believe it. And that was like, I think on a Saturday morning. You know, that's not, a, that's not really a hot time, right? And 
They said the wires are burning. And now I know why, because they said, oh, my God, they they caught us. They caught us. But the word the, the word was, and do you remember how vehemently they, how dare he say that? How dare? And it was mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, yeah. normally you'd go into a shell. Oh, gee, how, why did I ever put out something so stupid? But I never took it back. And then over the years, you'd see it got worse and worse. And you'd see, and then people started saying, you know, I think, I think Trump was right about that. And you look at the Carter Page stuff and you look at, all of the different things that have happened, so many different things really culminating. This is sort of an amazing thing that's happening with Durham because a lot of people had given up and they said, well, yeah. And he seems to be going forward at a level that nobody ever thought possible. Right. I mean, what he's revealing, and if you really look at it and study it and read what they wrote, this looks like it's just a foundation. This is the, the beginning they're building a building and this is the this is just a foundation on which a lot of big things are going to be revealed look i have very little doubt that the upper levels of government meaning the top level specifically and the vice level (laughs) if if he would understand it i have very little doubt that they knew what was happening very little doubt and you don't um, either, because that's the way it works. They come back and they report. When Comey went to me to tell me about the fake dossier, you know, to tell me these things, which turned out to be totally fake. It was like a fiction novel that this guy got paid like a massive amount of money. Somebody told me he got paid $12 million. That's more than the great James Patterson gets paid to do a, a number one bestseller. He paid the same one. But... But James, uh, James does a better job, and frankly, uh, yeah. I think this would be too more far-fetched believable. for James. This yeah. would be, that's right, it's uh, more <laughs> believable. Nobody would believe this. But think of the money he got paid, uh, and he turned out Mr. to be Mr. just a sleazebag. Mr. President, let me, uh, I don't, I, I'm sure you haven't read uh, my book on the Great Reset. I want to send it to you, because I am convinced that this is, the reason all of this stuff has happened to you there is a a a globalization kind of of push and we're even seeing it uh out of the treasury in canada yesterday yeah. uh, and yeah. they they just could not have you in office because you believe in america first not to hell with the rest of the world but mm. that we take care of america first and i think you were I think you were targeted the whole time. It's why the it's why the uh, corporations came out right after the election and said, yeah, well, we had massive campaigns and we were helping. They were proud of it. I've never yeah. seen that before in American history. Do well, you do you are you familiar? Are you familiar with the Great Reset? Uh, I I am looking forward to getting your book. I will read it okay. and talk to you about it. Uh, but I know what your great. book okay. says, and I've heard enough about it. And there is a great reset. And I just listened uh, to your piece as I was waiting on Trudeau, where he was saying things that are unthinkable. What he was yeah. saying is unthinkable. Unthinkable. And to think this is happening in Canada is hard to believe. Actually, hard to believe. It they, was. It the, was pretty incredible to listen to that. They would have marched on the White House had you done that. Uh, and it's it's unexplainable. 
Let me ask you this. Last week, the DHS issued a terror bulletin targeting misinformation peddlers, basically fill in the blank, whoever is an alternative media source. Um, and they uh, pointed directly at people that are simply asking questions uh, of the authorities. I don't know if you've read that, but it seemed to be a threat or a way to intimidate conservatives. Have you read that bulletin? And yes, because the the New York Times article on you starts with the people who are peddling this so-called Durham truth are uh, Mm. conspiracy theories, theorists and uh, uh, pushing misinformation, which is exactly from the DHS terror warning. Right. Can you believe it? You know, this is where uh, Venezuela started 20 years ago. Uh, This is, and and you look at what's happened to that country. That's happening to this country. And we had it going in a great direction. Then we got sidetracked by by the China virus coming in. And that's a whole other subject. And then we built it back up again. And we did an incredible job with Operation Warp Speed like nobody's ever seen. And, And I've been given great credit for that. But it was it was an incredible thing we did and the timing and, and by the way therapeutics also the therapeutics have been incredible uh, and so many so many things were so good and so positive and you know one of the things if you question the election and and just take a look at hap- as, as what's happened with the recent uh, finding of the uh, voter uh, the the voting uh, what would you call it where yeah. they corral all the votes they get them all and they drop them in the harvesting i guess they would say right the voter harvesting yeah. uh nobody's ever seen anything like this where people went back and back and back and back and stuffed ballots and it's coming out and dinesh d'souza is who i think you feel is a very good guy is doing something on it but it's, i do it's, it's not him it's what they found the truth to vote yeah. people and they found thousands I've, of hours of tapes of ballot harvesting, totally illegal, where they're stuffing the ballot boxes and taking pictures of themselves so they can get paid. And this is a whole big operation. And if you even mention it, they try and silence you as much as possible. But oh, yeah. you're not silenced very easily, and I'm not silenced very easily. And, you know, with all the silencing, <laughs> this Hillary Clinton thing has turned out to be a monster. You know, the New York Times won't write about it. Washington Post won't write Think of it. They broke into the office of the president in the White House, and they haven't written one story about it that I know of. I haven't seen anything. It's incredible. But this, well, I've seen one. I've seen one, and they call it misinformation. Oh, it's terrible! It's so incredible! It's so incredible yeah. that they can do that. Mis- these are very corrupt people. These are very corrupt people, Glenn, mm-hmm. and you know that as well as anybody. And you almost don't even know why are they trying to destroy our country? You know, the the media, our country can really never do what it has to do with a corrupt press because that used to be like the policing agent. And now it's not policing. Mm -hmm. It's policing uh, just what they want to police. It's it's so corrupt. And you wonder, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? That's what I, I keep saying. Why? Why do they want to have I have orders where millions of people's come in? You know, people come in. You know, why do they want to defund the police? Why? You know, these things are so basic. And why do they want it? And they really believe it, I think. I, why do they want it? I, I will tell you when you read The Great Reset, it is the Rosetta Stone. Because that was my main question. Why? 
what do they have to gain? Why would they do this? And when you see what the what the deal is and all of them are in on it, uh, Mr. Trump or President Trump, all of them. Uh, and, uh, when you, when you see, you understand tech, you understand the media, you understand big business, you understand the corruption in Washington, you understand why leadership came out against you all around the world. It all makes sense. And if we don't, if we don't really address it, we're, uh, we're going to lose our country soon because they're getting, uh, more and more arrogant. And they also, I think, are afraid. I mean, I think Trudeau doing what he did yesterday shows, they're afraid. They're afraid of people waking up and standing up. Well, I will say this. There is a tremendous anger in this country, a tremendous anger. And, you know, it's interesting because it's sort of very similar when you look at Canada, what the truckers are doing. Plenty of Americans out there, too, by the way. But this anger is far greater than even what they have up there. And it's simmering. And they look at what's happened with the election. They look at what's happened with the borders, how people are, how jails are being emptied into our country from other countries. I mean, we're having some of the worst people on earth are, are being dropped into our country. We're like a dumping ground, like a trash mm-hmm. basket. And, and uh, it's happening at a level that nobody believes possible. You know, when they say 2 million people or 3 million people will enter the country this year illegally, I think the number is many times that. I think it's many times that. Oh, yeah. And I think it's so, too. so bad. You go to Texas and you see what happens. It, to talk to the people living in Texas. They've never seen anything like it. Talk to the people living in Arizona. They say it's like they're living in a different state. And this all took place over the last less than a year. It's, it's unbelievable what's happening to our country. And it just doesn't stop at the border states. I mean, they go right through and into the rest of the country. And then, of course, they're even delivered into the rest of the country. Forget about walking through. They are delivered into the rest of the country. And we don't know anything about them. We don't know who they are. When, when they took this Afghanistan, which I think, and you do too, was the single greatest embarrassment in the history of our country. All right, That was the single greatest. But when they took all those tens of thousands of people out, no, we have no idea who those people are. And in there, you have many terrorists. And we will be paying a big price in the future for that airlift, which was so grossly incompetent. Horrible. Yeah. Mr. President, I know you have a very tight schedule. I thank you very much for being on the program today. And uh, keep your spirits up. America uh, is a different place because of you in a good way. Thank you. Well, we have to get it back. And you help a lot. And I appreciate it very much. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Dear Senate colleagues, we have consistently opposed President Biden's federal COVID-19 vaccine mandates, which would force millions of Americans to choose between an unwanted medical procedure and being able to provide for their families. For legal, constitutional, and policy reasons, we remain not only strongly opposed to the mandates, but also firmly convinced that the risk of inaction on our part is unacceptably high. That is the opening paragraph uh, from Senator Mike Lee, and it is signed by uh, at least six of the top ten conservatives 
in Washington, D.C., uh, Mike Lee, Cynthia Loomis, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Mike Braun, and Roger Marshall. And uh, Mike Lee is on with us now. Hello, Mike. Hello. Good to be with you. Thank you. So what is what is your plan? What are you doing? Look, we've got millions of Americans who are still under vaccine mandates. And while the, the granddaddy of all of them has thankfully been rejected by the Supreme Court, and it's now been pulled back by the administration as a result, a number of dangerous federal vaccine mandates still remain. And, and those mandates still cover many millions of Americans, huge sectors of the workforce. So, Meanwhile, the, the administration ignores natural immunity and, and the fact that vaccines are uh, you know, not necessarily stopping people from getting the virus. Some of them have right. become less effective with the variants. So we can't claim to be a free country when the government's forcing millions of people to choose between a paycheck and an unwanted medical procedure. And so that's that's why I and, and, and the, my colleagues that I've mentioned are saying is enough is enough. We've got these truckers in Canada and people across this country who know that the vaccine mandates are wrong. They're, they're bravely standing against this authoritarianism. And so what we're doing is we're sending this letter saying we stand with American workers and families. We, we stand with individual choice. We stand with millions of federal contractors, medical professionals, and federal employees and military personnel in saying that their freedom matters too. We shouldn't be funding the government without independently casting a vote on withholding funding for the enforcement of these unwise, tyrannical mandates. So you have a uh, continuing resolution, which is, you know, we don't pass budgets anymore. We just, yeah, just keep doing the same thing. And in it, um, you'd be funding the vaccine mandates. And what you want to do is uh, vote first on no vaccine mandates in the continuing resolution. And then you'll vote for the continuing resolution. Otherwise, you're not voting for it. Yeah, that's the point, is that every time we pass a continuing resolution, it's sort of like a, a reset button that continues to fund all of government at the same levels for a certain period of time. And what, what we're saying is that if you want us to vote on something like that, you need at least to give us an opportunity to vote to, say, fund everything else in government, but not enforcement of the vaccine mandates. And if they don't give us that, we're not going to make it easier for them to pass this faster. We have procedural rights in the Senate, and uh, they need our agreement uh, to, to expedite the vote on this. And we're saying we're not going to do that unless you give us a vote on defunding the mandates. So here's the question, because as part, as, uh, as part of the Blaze family, um, conservative review is uh, with us. And. They, I know you guys are among the top 10 conservatives uh, because they rank you. And it's a, it's a pretty uh, fair ranking, I think. Um, but when you look at Mitt Romney's score, Stu, what is it, 52? Something like that, yeah. In the uh, 50s. Yeah, something like 52. And I believe Mitch McConnell is either 40 or 42. <laughs> is, is the leadership going to go with this? Well, look at it this way. We had another vote basically identical to this one back in December when we passed the last continuing resolution. 
And we got uh, uh, every Republican who voted that day voted for the amendment, voted to say we should not be funding the vaccine mandate. The vote ended up being 48 to 50. Democrats won. We had two absences that day. It otherwise would have been 50 to 50. Now, since that time, the vaccine mandates have become even less popular. And since that time, Democrats have started to see that this whole fiasco needs to come to an end. They've started to realize how unpopular it is back home. So I think if we're able to cast this vote, I think we not only get every Republican, I I think there's a decent shot. We've even got some Democrats who will vote for it because the American people don't want it. They know that it's morally wrong for government to tell people that if if you don't bow to presidential medical orthodoxy, we're going to render you not only unemployed, but unemployable. That's wrong. So when does this go up? Uh, Mike, when, when, when are you guys hoping to pull this off? The current continuing resolution expires on Friday. And so uh, it'll happen sometime between now and the end of this week where they will need to move forward. And in order to process this, they will need us they need to give us a vote. Remember they did this just, just back in December. There's no reason why they couldn't do that again now. And I, I think it's important that we do it right. now. I think it would be irresponsible and disrespectful of those we represent to say, oh, no, we're just fine with, with telling moms and dads across America that they're not going to be able to put bread on the table if they disagree with the president on whether they should get jabbed. So this is H.R. 6617, correct? Yeah, that, that's the number okay. of the continuing resolution okay. as passed by the House. When it comes over here, uh, we want to vote on an amendment to it. Okay, so you uh, you need to call your senators and tell them uh, that on the continuing resolution, you want the Mike Lee uh, amendment and uh, and make sure that they hear your voice. It actually does matter especially if they're on the fence, if they're just convinced otherwise. But there's a lot of people, even Democrats now, as Mike said, that could be swayed. So call your congressman on the continuing resolution in the Senate this week. You want the Mike Lee amendment passed, and you don't want federal mandates to be funded anymore. This protects all of our media. I'm sorry, media protects all of our military protects our health care workers and uh, protects those who are working for the federal government right now. Mike, uh, thank you for your work on this. Can I ask you a couple of other non-related questions? Um, of course. I, just, I should wait for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just had um, President Trump on a minute ago, and he said that this spying, if it is as we think it is with the Durham investigation and what facts we have, he says it's worse than Watergate. I tend to agree with him. It's much worse than Watergate. Would you agree or not? Yeah, I tend to agree with you and with what you've described yesterday, which is this information. If this is true, this is a highly effective, highly intrusive and extraordinarily breathtakingly illegal form of manipulation that, that would put uh, what happened in Watergate to shame. 
so yeah, this is uh, this is really troubling. We will get to the bottom of it, uh, and I hope that happens quickly. Uh, very, very troubling. Yeah. Um, last question. Uh, states all over the country are considering now, we've got about 23 states that are considering anti-ESG laws. Um, can you put the Great Reset into context for people on uh, how important you think this is to what we're really facing? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, when people read your book uh, on this very topic, uh, they'll, they'll see some things that are coming that are very disturbing. And it's, it's one of the reasons why we ought to look not only at what happens within governments, but also what happens within corporate America that can change outcomes for society, that can diminish choices for individual people. And uh, how do you book is a great way to be informed on that. Thank you. How do you uh, address people who say conservatives who say this is the free market? They can do whatever they want. Yeah, well, uh, while literally true, it's not limited to that. Um, If if this movement, if these things happening as part of the Great Reset, um, limited themselves to the free market, that would be one thing, but they don't. They, they, they're working arm in arm, hand in hand, um, uh, across platforms, across nations and uh, across governments and between governments and corporations. And so uh, all of these things have to be taken together. And this isn't solely a corporate action. So it's not fair to say this is just a free market because these folks aren't content to compete with that. There's a, we've got a great leader in Utah. Our, um, our state treasurer, Marlo Oaks, has been talking a lot about ESG, and uh, he's got a background in investing. And he's pointed out uh, what a very significant threat this is to liberty and the fact that if this is allowed to take hold, this is where you get this very unholy alliance between governments and corporations that can really do a lot of harm uh, to economies, but especially to poor and middle-class families in America. I have to tell you, Mike, if you look at what happened yesterday with the Treasury up in Canada, it is the Great Reset without being the Great Reset. It's just through emergency powers. It's terrifying, really terrifying. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. If you want to find out or help this guy, he is he and Rand Paul have the highest score for conservatives uh in uh the senate uh out of all of them uh and he's way ahead (laughs) of all of them uh you can help him stay and fight for the constitution lee for senate.com lee for senate.com thanks mike i appreciate it you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program So uh, I have a couple of people that I want to introduce. Uh, Justin Haskins, he is the co-author of The Great Reset. He is also the editorial director of the Heartland Institute and editor-in-chief of StoppingSocialism.com. Uh, hello, Justin. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so well, Glenn. How are you? You're doing so well. Good. You got a little touch of COVID, I hear. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just a touch. Um, I don't get the full-blown. Yeah. 
No, no, no. You got to be Canadian to get that. Um, so, Justin, hold on a second, because uh, I also have Michael Murphy on the phone. He is a Kansas state representative from Kansas, and he has uh, he's introduced uh, a bill inside the Kansas House February 9th and referred it to the Committee on Financial Institutions and Rural Development the same day. And uh, I think it's coming up for a vote soon. Michael Murphy, how are you, sir? Well, I'm doing pretty good, uh, Glenn, and I, and I do have to say that after listening to you the uh, last couple of minutes, perhaps we need to get a prince uh, on board to maybe pass through. To maybe, I'm sorry, I missed that last part, to maybe what? <laughs> we, we need a prince to push this uh, bill on through. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think you wanted that one, that particular <laughs> prince. Um, so tell me what you tell me how you got on to this uh, and what it took to uh, get it to the place that it's at and what's it going to take to get it over the hump there in Kansas. Well, I've been uh, aware of like social credit score in China and ESGs for quite a while, uh, probably. Uh, due to you and a couple of others uh, who have you know brought it to attention, you know months or maybe even you know years ago, and um, I I did happen to hear you interview with uh, with JD in New Hampshire uh, here a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that's that yeah. sparked me to go ahead and and uh, and do the bill. Um, I think it's I think it's a good bill, but I'll tell you what they are coming out of the woodwork against it from the banking side, and uh, some from oh, the I business side. Are. Well, yeah, and they're they don't yeah. They don't like they don't like it at all, and so we we've got some really good support on one side. We've got some strong opposition on the other. So uh, yeah, I'm just I'm hoping we can kind so of get the gra- grassroots behind. There, we'll put some pressure. Yeah, they're they're trying to make this, and they're pulling Republicans off of this by saying, you know, that it's a uh, uh, a, a you know. F- freedom of the market and uh, the free market. And, you know, we don't want to tell businesses what they can and can't do. Uh, Mike Lee was just on, and I just asked him about that argument. And you should go back and listen to it, uh, because that's the argument a lot of Republicans are starting to make, and it's nonsense. And I've read your bill. um, Section 1, no bank or trust company doing business in this state, either directly or through the use of an outside contractor, shall discriminate against, advocate for, or cause averse treatment of any individual business or other customer based on subjective or arbitrary standards, including, but not limited to, social media posts, participation or membership in any club, association, or union, political affiliation, employer, social credit score, uh, environmental, social, or governance criteria, or other similar va- uh, values-based or impact criteria. You, then you go on to say this doesn't mean that you I mean, if there's safety for the bank because there's something else, you can consider that. But you just can't do this. And of course, you can you can look at somebody's loan worthiness. Um, and then it says you can offer ESG products, but you have to explain what they are and then the penalties. Then you do the same thing for credit unions. And what's the third one for? Or is there only two for, for yeah, state credit unions? Oh, and for businesses. So you've covered them all, and it also says it doesn't change anything but this. So what's the argument? Well, the argument is from the bankers is they're afraid of frivolous lawsuits, as I said. And, I, you know, my, I, made the, I made the comment, I said, well, you're afraid of something that's unknown uh, while we uh, 
are avoiding uh, paying attention to something that's known, that's, that's uh, you know, this big behemoth that's riding down on us, and you're worried about the little uh, guy with the, you know, with the rubber bow and arrow behind the tree, <laughs> you know? Correct. Correct. I mean, you know, if, if I'm going to sue you, it'll be thrown out as a frivolous suit unless you are using a social credit score, unless you are, you know, using environmental, social or governance uh, criteria or you won't do business with me because I voted for Donald Trump. That stuff right. we know is going to happen. We know it's going to happen. It already is. Yeah, yes. I when does this come for a said. vote? Well, oh, sorry, go ahead. It's not been set for a hearing in the in the finance committee. Uh, they should set a date here, maybe today or tomorrow. Uh, we'll and we'll we'll take it from there. Uh, I did tell him we had a had a meeting with with a number of um, bankers representatives and representatives the speaker yesterday, and uh, they they voiced their uh, their opposition and their and their uh, you know their proponent side uh, as well. And um, I, I did tie it uh, to them. Most of them are familiar with the CRT stuff. I do, did tell them we were lucky enough to have yep. Jim Lindsay here a week ago, and he tied Excellent. a good job of tying the two together. And that's when I picked up about twelve more co-sponsors. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So anyway, so anyway, that helped a lot. And then once we, uh, yeah. So anyway, I told them I said these two things are 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 both you know gears on a, in a in a machine. And if we can take a couple of them out, we can at least slow the machine down. And um, and I Correct. told them, I said, I hope I, I hope that you don't look back on this day and say, oh, we could have stopped this, and now it's too late. And so, so I, what do you need? I, I, what do you need people in Kansas to do? I need them to contact uh, the uh, the chair of the uh, uh, finance institution, financial institutions, uh, Representative Jim Kelly. Uh, the House Majority, the House Speaker, and your your individual representative. If you live in Kansas, uh, send send in, in your own words uh, what you would like to happen, and um, tell them it's that it's important that this get through and get it and they get a say. Um, I can give you the, the um, I can give you the email for Jim Kelly if you'd like. Yeah, sure, quickly. It's by the way, it's House Bill twenty six sixty four. It's the anti ESG bill. That's right, correct, ahead. and it would it would be Jim dot Kelly. That's K L K E L L Y at House dot K S dot gov G O V. Okay, and uh, thank and you also, very and much. Also the, and also, also the speaker would be good too. And uh, okay. I'm getting a lot of I'm getting got a lot of good response, and I think pressure from the grass, grassroots might push this forward. Uh, I appreciate it. I think you're going to be surprised at the grassroots on this one. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate it. Let me go back to Justin. Uh, Justin, you have been one of the guys who have been working with these uh, legislatures. You have another one um, in New Hampshire. They're going to vote on it either today or tomorrow. How's that going? Right. Well, uh, as we're seeing in many places across the country that are working on this issue, and there are about 20 states doing something on an anti-ESG bill, the biggest opposition we're seeing is in is is coming because all of these bills are being proposed in states where Republicans have most of the political power, if not all of it. Um, what we're right. seeing is that it's the biggest opposition is coming from Republicans. And the Republicans who are arguing against it, it's not a majority of them, it's usually just a, a small group of them. But they're saying this is a free market issue 
And, and uh, you know, you just need to let banks and financial institutions and all these people discriminate against individuals and other businesses no, as they see fit, because that's, if the, it were, that's their argument. If, if it was a bank, great. But it's all of the banks coordinating with the government and big business on an agenda that doesn't, I mean, by their own words, they say it's not based on profit. It is based on on uh, environmental standards, social standards, on making the world a better place. Well, that's not the free market, man. That's not the job of the bank. That's not the job of Nabisco. No, that's that's exactly right. These these are massive, often multinational corporations that have no allegiance to the United States at all in many cases, that have massive amounts of their ownership is overseas. They don't have any allegiance to the Constitution. They have special legal and tax advantages that the rest of us don't have. They regularly receive bailouts and government funding that regular people don't get. They work hand in hand with government. Many of them have lucrative government contracts. Uh, they get trillions and trillions of dollars have been pumped into the financial system through the Federal Reserve over the past 10 years. It's the only reason this system is able to exist, because they're all going to get rich no matter what they do with ESG scores. So the idea that this is some sort of a, a free market system is the most ludicrous thing imaginable. There's nothing free market oh, about is. this at all. Listen to this. Um, this uh, came in from Alex Wong. He's a uh, reporter. Uh, and he's been watching this. He said in his Build Back Better legislation, President Joe Biden wanted to spend five hundred and seventy billion dollars over the next decade on green causes, mostly focused on climate change. Fortunately, that bill seems to be dead. And yet now the Biden Greens, that's to say the Green administration, have their eye on a bigger pot of money with which to pursue their climate agenda. The assets of American banks. These assets total nearly $23 trillion, according to the Federal Reserve. A crucial vote on whether or not this sneaky policy will proceed will be held, I think, today when the Senate Banking Committee votes on whether to advance Biden's Federal Reserve nominees, particularly the nomination of Sarah Bloom Raskin. Uh, the Federal Reserve System, the Fed, as it's called, is the principal body that oversees and regulates banking in the U.S., after the failure of Build Back Better, the Fed is Biden's preferred mechanism for advancing his version of the Green New Deal. After all, the Fed has vast power over the banks, including whether or not they can lend money to or otherwise finance fossil fuel companies. From the Biden point of view, this seems like a clever strategy. It has been said of the banks, that's where the money is. Biden wants to gain control of the Federal Reserve's seven-member board of governors, of these seven slots, three are currently vacant. On January 14th, the White House named three candidates to fill those slots, all of whom are friendly to the Green Scheme and to the Great Reset. If the trio is confirmed by the Senate, they will join a fourth Democrat already on the board, and the left will have gained control of the Fed. What do you think of that? I think that this is absolutely the path forward for them. And, and we don't have to guess. We don't need speculation. They've been very open that this is what's going on. When they had that meeting in Glasgow recently uh, for COP26, uh, they announced, and this was backed by Joe Biden, it's got lots of support from the Biden administration. John Kerry was openly in favor of it, the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. You just mentioned 20-something trillion dollars in the United States tied up in banks. Well, 
the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero has more than 450 banks, insurers, and asset managers in dozens of countries around the world with total assets pledged toward enacting this whole Great Reset ESG scheme of $130 trillion. So the idea that this is just something that the little guy can, well, you know, if your local bank's discriminating against you, just go to a different bank. Oh, if a local corporation is discriminating, you just go to a, just buy from a different corporation. They're all going to be in on it. They're not going to have any choice. And the people who resist are going to be pushed out. They're already being pushed out by massive asset managers on Wall Street, BlackRock and State Street Global Advisors and others. So you will have to go along with this. uh, I want to play Canada's Minister of Finance uh, yesterday during the Trudeau press conference on emergency powers. Listen carefully to what she says here. First, we are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use. These changes cover all forms of transactions, including digital assets, such as cryptocurrencies. The illegal blockades have highlighted the fact that crowdfunding platforms and some of the payment service providers they use are not fully captured under the Proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act. Okay, stop. Everybody is focusing on, you're saying that these guys are terrorists, the truckers are terrorists? No, it goes farther than that. You are funding a terrorist organization. So by default, you also are involved in terrorism. But even beyond that, This is aimed at, you know, give, send, go, because the other uh, crowdfunding source decided they this is beyond this is too dangerous. They're not going to do it because they just don't like these truckers. They're terrorists, you know. So they pulled out and tried to hold the money. So give, send, go came up and they said, we'll do it. This is not just aimed at them. Give, send, go requires some sort of mechanism, another party to take your credit card and process from your bank into give, send, go. They're attacking anyone like they will with the blaze when they come and they will come to shut down the blaze. They will say, you know what? The blaze can do whatever they want. Of course, if you are somebody who is a payment processor, I wouldn't be involved in that. And that cuts off all of our funding. That cuts off our banking, our our ability to reach out to you and ask you for your credit card number so you can be a monthly subscriber. That's what's coming, gang. And they're doing it right now just under uh, the auspices of uh, the truckers and this emergency, uh, uh, you know, dangerous terrorist activity. Do I have this right or wrong, Justin? No, you're 100% right. This is actually not really about truckers. This is not even really about just what's going on in Canada. This is about resistance at, and, and at any level, anywhere in the world. You're yes. not allowed to yes. resist. We're going to close all the off-ramps. That's what this is fundamentally about. 
I would get your your money out of those big banks, quite honestly, and I would put it in a local credit union or a very, very, very locally owned bank, something that keeps all of their money and doesn't have ties to anybody else. Uh, but uh, it's time to protect yourself. The uh, the hordes are at the gate.